the 67. Incredibly, this is the day for me to go back to the hospital and see the surgeon. It's a day I've been counting down to and a day I've been counting on. I have hopes that the x-ray and the scan will today show that the bones have healed sufficiently for the fixator to be removed and for me to be at least partially weight-bearing and move on to the next stage of recovery. I know that Ailsa has been absolutely fantastic over the past few months and I would not have made it without her love and help. I know I have done everything that has been asked of me in terms of rest, ice therapy, elevation and bone stimulation. I know I have had great nursing care looking after my stitch sites and pins. What I do not know is what today holds. I know I will be a little bit relieved or massively disappointed. Last time I saw the surgeon, I was asking him about the correspondence he received from patients with fixators. I was curious. When questions of clarification changed to hate mail and at what point they became death threats. He was laughing, but he did tell me that one previous patient had actually threatened to report him to the police for torture. While this sounds absurd, I can understand where they were coming from. Today, I'm thankful to be going back to the hospital. I'm grateful for all who have helped, prayed and encouraged me through these nine and a half weeks. I'm thankful there has been no infection or complications. I'm reminded by this prayer in 1 Peter of other people's more serious suffering, greater global challenges and an eternal perspective. The reality of our call to trust in God, appreciate his power and love, and to stand firm in grace is true, regardless of our circumstances. Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand, that he may lift you up in due time. Cast all your anxiety on him, because he cares for you. Be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, looking for someone to devour. Resist him, standing firm in the faith, because you know that the family of believers throughout the world is undergoing the same kind of sufferings. And the God of all grace, who called you to his eternal glory in Christ, after you have suffered a little while, will himself restore you and make you strong, firm, and steadfast. To him be the power forever and ever. Amen. I know that God has the last word, but I would like to take the next step. Any step, in fact, would be a step forward. And just like binge-watching on Netflix, you can know what happened next now. Day 68. When you're wearing a mask, it is not easy for other people to detect your emotions. Behind the mask, I had a few different expressions at the hospital yesterday. Angry. At check-in, when I was told our health coverage had lapsed because our new visa application is stalled 
waiting final approval in some COVID-induced Canadian government torpor, I had to provide a credit card to proceed. Surprised! The waiting room was much quieter than last time and x-rays happened quickly. Happy! The surgeon pronounces that my leg looks very good. I think this was a medical rather than an aesthetic opinion, but I'll take it either way. Everything is healing nicely and the x-rays are positive. Furrowed brow. The doctor explained that they always do a CT scan to confirm bone mass and density before removing a fixator. Sad. I realised this would not be happening today. Frustrated. I need to wait for a phone call to make an appointment for a scan. So, overall, something of an emotional Ferris wheel. Those of you who were praying for a good report, I got one, which was encouraging. Those of you who were praying the fixator would be removed, not yet, which was discouraging. Those of you who were praying that I would not have a meltdown and lose the head with the healthcare professionals, good call, mission accomplished. I try to remember that the doctor is making decisions for my benefit and that it is better to err on the side of caution. I am reassured that everything is moving in a good direction, but I was hoping for more. Sometimes I compound my own heartache through inflating my expectations. I realise that being more of an optimist leaves me more susceptible to disappointment. Patience may well be a virtue, but today I am feeling more frustrated than virtuous. Yet even through my frustration, I know that hope, like love, always carries risk and the price is worth paying. It is better to hope and experience disappointment, better to love and no hurt. If we try to avoid the negative consequences by sacrificing these precious things on the altar of self-protection, our lives will be much emptier. The safer option is not the better bet. So today I'm thankful for the paradox of encouragement and disappointment going together. One friend replied to a message with my news, great and grrr, which more or less sums it up. I am thankful for a greater hope that does not disappoint and a greater love that never fails. A point Paul makes in his letter to the Romans. But the longer we wait, the larger we become, and the more joyful our expectancy. Meanwhile, the moment we get tired in the waiting, God's Spirit is right alongside helping us along. If we don't know how or what to pray, it doesn't matter. He does our praying in and for us making prayer out of our wordless sighs, our aching groans. He knows us far better than we know ourselves, knows our pregnant condition, and keeps us present before God. That's why we can be so sure, 
that every detail in our lives of love for God is worked into something good. So just for the record, behind the mask, I am still managing a smile. Well, just. <laughs>